stand together this morning. Everybody help me sing it this morning. to worship the Lord this morning and give him praise after the service last night you ought to feel refreshed this morning amen we just thank the Lord for the word of the Lord and for brother Tim and the message that was delivered and we know God's got more in store for us today we just come with our barrels turned upright so the Lord can fill them may they overflow this morning amen we have a just a few requests brother Joel we want to continue to remember him and also brother Ron and sister Veronica and Sister Melissa, and, uh, our needs we've been praying about this morning, and I know there's others. If you just make those known by an uplifted hand, this morning God sees our needs and knows what we have need of in the service today. He's He's very mindful of us. Brother Jonathan, come this morning with us in prayer. Amen. 
How many come to get something this morning? Amen. You have a need to take to him. He's here to give it to you this morning. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, what an opportunity this morning, Lord. Lord, to come into your house this morning, Lord, to bring the temples of God together, to bring our licks of fire together, Lord. Lord, all the testimonies that could be spoken that you've done in each one of our lives, Lord, how you've moved us down through time and you've brought us to where we are. But God, you're not done. God, we're here as an example this morning, Lord, that you're moving on, Lord. You're bringing us to a body change. The token's been applied. The promise has been given. And there's a bride that's here to receive the word that you have for her. Lord, we come this morning expecting great things, Lord. Expecting healings, Lord, as we lay the petitions, we lay our sicknesses down at your feet. We lay our brothers and sisters, Lord, fighting in battles. Lord, but you've done healed them, Lord. You've done moved upon them, Lord. By your stripes, they're healed. We're waiting for that manifestation, Lord. Each and every need, Lord, that's been raised to you by the uplifting hand, Lord, by by our heart's desire reaching out to you. Lord, I ask you to speak to each one of them this morning, Lord. Touch this service this morning, Lord. Touch Brother Mark and the musicians, Lord. Touch the leaders of the church, our pastor, Lord. Encouraging, strengthening, Lord. Be with Brother Tim this morning, Lord. You know the thoughts that you've laid upon his heart, Lord. Lord, I ask you, Lord, to give him the freedom, Lord, to give him the wisdom, Lord, to give him the power, the strength, Lord, to speak what you have for him to speak, Lord. And, Lord, allow us to hear what you would have us to hear, Lord. And, Lord, be with us, Lord, in this service. Come join us, Lord. Lord, enter into your worship. Enter into your praise this morning. Lord, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Blessed be the holy name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I mean, it feels good this morning. Amen. I'm glad some of us do. I feel good. I feel real good. There's no place I'd rather be this morning than in the presence of the Lord. What could be more important? You know, these times we have right now, we need to enjoy every moment that we can. One of these days, they're going to try to steal it from us. They're trying today to steal it from us. Why don't you praise the Lord while you have a chance this morning? Amen. And get have victory in Jesus. Let's sing an A flat. Well, I heard an old, old story how our Savior came to glory. How he Yeah. 
victory. And you know what the secret is? It's in Jesus. Amen. He and me. Amen. Let's sing this. Now would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. There is power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? Or there's
thankful that there's power in the blood. Amen. Let's sing it again. Oh, I, I was a wretch. I remember who I was. I was lost. I was blind. I was running out of time. But sin separated. The breach was far too wide. But from the far side of the chasm, you held me in your side. So you made a way across the great divide. Left heaven strong to build it here inside. When there at the cross you paid the debt I owe. Broke my chains, freed my soul for the first time Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the blood of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You have washed me white. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You have saved. You were buried for three days, but then you walked right out again. Yes, you did. Oh, now death has no sting, and life has no end. For I have been transformed by the blood of the Lamb.
Can you say glory to his name this morning? After the service last night, we just I just feel so clean and washed out and just so thankful for the word that changes us. You know, the world is trying to conform us to everything that they have to offer. But the scripture says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Praise the Lord. We're here to be transformed this morning. Aren't you thankful for the goodness the goodness of God. Can we sing that this morning? I want to hear you sing it with all your heart. Last night we sung so loud and I guess we praise the Lord so good the speaker cover almost fell off. Let's do it again this morning while you sing. Amen. I love you, Lord. For your mercy never fails me. All of my days I've been held, I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God Oh, help me sing it All of my life, all of my life, and all of my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath I am I will sing of the goodness of God. How many love His voice? Help me sing. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in darkest night. You are close like no other. Oh, I've known you. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. Yes. And I have lived, I have you lived in the goodness of God. Hallelujah! Oh, because all of my life you 
many can testify this morning that all of my life, God, you've been faithful. When I was in the lowest place in my life, I could be dead, but God was faithful. I thank him for his goodness. I just like seeing that with all of my heart because I have been blessed by the goodness of God. He's been faithful to me. And I thank you for it. We'll let you have your seats this morning as we have our ushers to come and receive the morning offering. Amen. Sister Monica Nelson is celebrating her birthday tomorrow. I don't know if she made it. She's trying to get back to the service this morning from being out of town. But we want to wish her a happy birthday today. And we want to say uh, it's good to see Brother Stephen and his wife with us this morning. Brother Elijah, good to have you, buddy. Good to have you back in the house of the Lord this morning. Nathan. Man, you're looking sharp, buddy. You look like you walked out of a magazine today, my brother. Looking good. Amen. <laughs> well, we have a double door just in case he <laughs> can get through the double door this morning. Amen. Do you love the Lord this morning? And you're thankful for his goodness. Amen. We have a youth choir that's going to be singing this morning, so if they want to be making their way up today to sing for us, we appreciate it today.
Happy day when Jesus washed my sin away. Last night, uh, Brother Tim was talking about living rejoicing every day. Not just on Sunday and Wednesday, but every day. We're going to have the joy of the Lord overflowing inside of us this morning. Let's stand together, if you will, as we invite uh, Pastor Dean Rico, Brother Tim, to minister for us again this morning. We, we know God's got a lot for us in store this, again this morning. Just like Samson said, one more time, Lord. Just one more time. Amen. Let's sing this. I believe it's going to be a favorite. At night, I lay in bed, and I began to cry. And my just fails to know exactly why. Oh, I can't explain with tongue or pen the spirit's groaning deep, deep within.
the call. I know it's His Spirit. Oh, and I know His Spirit is moving me to give my own. And He speaks to And I went to hear the word. Oh, and I went to hear the word. And with each line and phrase, oh, he was drawing me. And he was drawing me. Jesus Christ. What a blessing it is to gather knowing that our faith is in Jesus Christ and all that we are and that we will be transformed into the very image of our Lord this morning. So we welcome you back this morning in the house of the Lord with us and we appreciate the Holy Spirit moving in such a wonderful way last night in Passover. Praise God. What a message, a challenge uh, to our hearts. We're so looking forward to what the Lord 
will speak to us this morning as well. And uh, before we go into the service, I'm going to ask the trustees if they'll come. This will be the tithes, the first fruit you give to the Lord. And God will bless you for doing that. How many glad you woke up this morning and you had Jesus on your mind? I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. Well, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on the Lord. Yes, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. Wonderful blessings to us, and we appreciate him so much on uh, the day of uh, August the 22nd, 1995. We launched a ministry on a Thursday evening uh, for the Lord as we set out, my wife and I in a few metal chairs, and God began to bless and add to the church, and here we are today. We have seen many things, many, many buildings we've been in, bigger crowds, smaller crowds, medium crowds, we've seen a lot. We have, uh, you know, we built, rebuilt, had to go back down to smaller buildings. It's just part of the ministry. But here we are today, and I was giving God thanks today for these oncoming services. And the Holy Spirit gave me these wonderful words in the book of Psalms, chapter 30. He said, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. Right. O Lord my God, I cry unto thee, and thou has healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pits. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endured but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. In my prosperity... I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by thy favor, thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. So I want to give God thanks for these many years 
of keeping us alive and in a scare to serve him and to serve the body of Christ here. We want to especially give thanks for each and every one of you that holds position here within the church. All of our uh, trustees, deacon, uh, media staff, all of our musicians, uh, Sunday school teachers, uh, those that work here at the church to keep the building clean. Uh, every part of the ministry, the youth ministries, uh, everything that is uh, that goes on here at the church, we want to thank God for each and every one of you and give you a very special thank you and appreciation from the depths of our hearts for standing with us all through these years and being faithful at your post of duty. We also want to thank you who are here. You may not have a position, but you are here uh, given to the Lord and sacrificing and coming and being a part of the body of Christ. Now you understand the work of God is sovereign. Right. It's sovereign. The church is sovereign. The ministry is sovereign. Brother Banham uh, explains to us in the uh, messages and he gives us uh, the three identification of a true God called ministry. And you've heard me say it time after time again. First of all, it will stay true to the word. Amen. Secondly, there'll be signs and wonders and miracles follow that work. And thirdly, then God will bring evident proof of that ministry within the church. And we have seen that. We've been going through a rebuilding, regrowing process here in the church. We've had some that's left. We've had people that's come back. But, you know, we hold no grudge to that. We just keep moving on by the grace of God because we know he is the one that has called us. And he will bring us to that final, final day uh, when he calls. So we thank each and every one of you uh, this morning for your uh, your faithfulness, your sacrifice to the body of Christ. Also, I want to say today, uh, we're going to dedicate this uh, building today. The Lord has blessed us to be able to um, uh, just completely tore it, and rebuild it, and, and pay it off. And we thank the Lord for that. And we're, we're very grateful to the Holy Spirit. Back in 2018, uh, July, July of 2018, I was ministering at a meeting at Brother Ron Spencer's church and uh, just had some powerful services there. Were you with me in that meeting? I think Brother Mark, Sister Kelly was with me. We, we can't ever forget those services. Uh, such a wonderful move of the Holy Spirit on a Saturday night and I thought that I went out of this life into another life and I still had another service to preach that uh, Sunday morning and uh, they, they carried me out, they said, and Mark, Brother Mark carried me into the vestibule. I was staggering like a drunk man. And the people at the front desk was like, said, is he drunk? And he said, yeah, on the Holy Ghost. Well, they finally got me into the bed. And somewhere about 2.30 that morning, 2.45, the Holy Spirit came to me. It's so uh, tangible and so visible in a, almost an audible voice. And said, when you get back home to uh, Tennessee, I want you to completely take the church down, rebuild it. And just make it a better place for the people of God. And I will stand with you. And you remember I came right back. And at the time I was really struggling. Because we were supporting some missionary brethren. And all of that. And I wondered how we were going to do this. And I shared the vision with you. And we started out by faith. We just started out by faith. And uh, the Lord has certainly confirmed this word today. And I want to thank God. 
that we not only have uh, built this church, but we have paid for it. And I want to give God all the glory and all the thanksgiving and the praise that when he gives a commission, that he will stand beside it. Now, God doesn't always explain every detail, every step of the way. He just gives us directive and we have to obey him. So we thank God for you who have sacrificed, who have done and give to the body of Christ. May God bless you and reward you and give back to you a hundredfold, two hundredfold. And bless you is our prayer. So we appreciate all of you and we thank God uh, for that this morning. Can we just give the Lord a good round of applause and thanksgiving uh, for him today. I'm going to invite you to stand with me again. And I, I don't want to take too much more time, but... We can go into all kinds of miracles and testimonies and history and such like. But God holds all the records and that's all that matters. Is that right? He holds all the records and that's, that's all. I'm not one to look back and uh, regret. I want to always look forward and to stay positive and move towards a goal. Because the Bible tells us, Paul says, press towards the mark for the high calling in Christ Jesus. So the Lord bless you real good. Elijah, I know that they welcome you back, but I want to tell you, welcome home, son. I love you. God bless you. Let's give him a nice welcome. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You're always a part of us and always in our prayers, and we love you. And I did enjoy watching you guys work out. Maybe next time I'm going to show some of you boys up. Amen. But we love you so much. We appreciate you. God bless you. You ready for the word this morning? Are you hungry for Jesus? All right. Let's just turn our hearts towards the word this morning. If I forgot anyone, please forgive me. And then also, I can't forget my precious wife just sitting there looking at me. She's been through every storm that I've been through in life. Amen. And when she was getting ready to marry me, and um, she went to our pastor and asked our pastor about me. And, um, and our, our pastor's wife told her, are you sure you want to get into this preaching ministry thing? Do you know what all that comes with it? So every once in a while, she remind me about that. I should have listened. <laughs> Amen. But praise God. Amen. But and nonetheless, she married me, and here we are. We can't go back now. We've got grandchildren, and we're raising a family for the Lord. So God bless you. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Sing this song as we invite Brother Tim to come. And I just want him to... Just have his liberty and just feed us the word of God. We certainly appreciate his ministry. I want to say this. I appreciate men who are staying with the word, who are staying with the apostolic anointing that was on the day of Pentecost. It didn't stop. It's still here. It's not just for the apostles. It's for us. The Bible said, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. We believe in the signs and the wonders in the church. And I appreciate, appreciate such a man who believes and embraced all of the Bible this morning. Yes. I'm sure you will be blessed. Let's sing this song as we invite him to come. And just open your hearts. If the word bless you, you can say amen. amen. If you feel like jumping up, that's fine. If you feel like running the aisle, that's fine. Just as long as you don't interrupt the word. But just, just praise God. And I'm sure that you will be blessed this morning by the word of the Lord. Let's sing this. Lord, I lift your name, your holy name, Jehovah God, Elohim, the great I am, the risen Lamb. 
we sing it one more time? Oh, Lord, I live your name. Your holy name. Your holy name. Jehovah God. God good to us. My, what blessings we have because of him. His grace is so sufficient for us. He provides for us every step of the way. And I'm just looking over this wonderful place that God has given you that we have come to dedicate today. And I think of God just showing himself as El Shaddai more than enough. Amen. He's not just enough. But he's more than enough. And he provides for us every need that we have and, and more. And what we think of the goodness of God and what he's done. And I want to thank Brother Hammond for his uh, kind hospitality. He's just treated me so nice. And I've really enjoyed his fellowship. And I think of, of his testimony of 28 years of service to the Lord here and, and, um, and starting a church since 1995, I think about how wonderful that is. I so appreciate men who have stood for God in their generation, their time, and serving the Lord with all their heart. And then we look around and just say, look what the Lord has done. Amen. How great he is and the blessings that he gives us as we serve him, as we journey along the way. And however, this is nothing to be compared with the glory over there. Amen. We look forward to the time where we will be home. Amen. Let's bow our heads together. Maybe while we have our heads bowed, you can just ask the Lord to speak to you in a special way today. Reveal himself to you through the word. And say, Lord, I need you. We just come by my way, come by my pew. Bless us in this church. Let your spirit just move in our lives. Father, we're your children. We have gathered today in your name, Lord. It's the wonderful name above all names. The name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that you're Lord. And I ask, dear God, that you would just uh, be with us today and give us strength now and courage and faith and ability. Every need, Lord, that your children has, we know that you're conscious of it because you know even the sparrow that falls. So how much more you understand our frailty and our humanity. So we're asking, Lord, that you would just speak to us today and you would bring us words of encouragement and comfort. And even there is comfort in correction. So if you corrected us, Lord, we know you don't spank the devil's children. You, spank, you correct your own. So, Lord, we just pray that you'll be a parent to us and be real to us in every way. Lord, I want to thank you for this lighthouse here in this area. Lord, the job that they do, others cannot do because you've called them to this place and, and this, um, this location. So, Lord, I, I just pray, God, that they'll reach out until we find that last 
one, Lord, because we can't wait until that last one comes in. Then we'll go home to be with you. We'll meet you in the air as you promised. So, Lord, we ask now as we are here sojourning and you blessed us with so many things that you, oh God, will now just come and honor us with your presence and be real among us today. They're sick among us, heal them. If there's needy, Lord, speak to those needs. We ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. If you'll turn with me to Acts chapter 7 and verse 44, we want to just kind of get right into the word today. I understand you got several activities going on and so on for the full day's worth, so amen. But we want to just, um, we just want the Lord to move today and to speak, it, to, speak to our hearts. And uh, you pray for me, I've got just a, got just a little bit of drainage and <clears throat> my voice is not as strong today, but we'll, we'll get through this by God's grace. Amen. He knows exactly how he wants us ministered. So even if he has to slow me down a little bit, well, that'll work. You know, we'll get the thought across and just minister it in the way that he wants it ministered. So Acts chapter 7, verse 44, our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drave out before the face of our fathers until the day of days of David, who found favor before God and desired to find the tabernacle for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet, Heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool, and what house will you build me, saith the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hands made all things? Amen. God bless you. Can be seated. I'm going to speak today on dedicating this house for this special service today. We have such a wonderful place that God has given us and blessed us with now. And, and you know, man has always tried to build something, whether it was an icon or an idol or a temple, something that would house or could contain God. And, you know, looking around at this beautiful place that you have made with your hands, and you have, have no doubt great talents here and and it's all on display of the work of your hands. And as I'm sure there's been a lot of sweat equity in this as well. And, my, and then, of course, the work of your hands providing um, the money to, to build this place and things of that nature. And, and what a wonderful thing that it is to, to know that it's debt-free and that you can be blessed in such a way. God has, God has really, really blessed you. There's not many congregations that can say, you know, we, we've, we have a place and it's paid for. And uh, I think about my own home church, you know, where God just performed one miracle after a miracle. And we have a place, a beautiful place that we also meet in and God provided. And as I said about our place, he was more than enough. I was willing to do with just to grab a parking lot or do whatever as long as I didn't have a debt. And, 
And God was more than enough. He provided more than enough to, so that we was able to not only um, do things for our own church, but after we finished building, give money to another church that was trying to build a building. So, you know, God is, God, God is gracious like that. Amen. And he, he'll not be in debt to any man. And so looking around at this beautiful place, it's a masterpiece. The design, the, the planning has made it so. And, and no doubt it was a vision that started in, in, in the, the mind and heart of, of the men of God here. And, and as they went forward, it was writ up on the paper and, and then drawn out on paper. But, you know, you couldn't meet on paper. You, the paper was wonderful, and it would give you a vision and a visual of what it would be like, but you couldn't meet and worship God on that paper. So it had to become from paper unto manifestation. And that's the way it is with God, with his church. He started out with something in his mind, and then he wrote it on paper. But now it comes into manifestation as the word becomes flesh. Now, we, we cannot build a place that's worthy enough, though, to contain um, this almighty, omnipotent God. And today, we're not here to offer this place as a dwelling place for God, but, but only as a place where his people can gather together and worship him. Now, in the time of Jesus, the, the temple had been rebuilt by King Herod, and it was a no doubt a, breath, a breathtaking construction for those ancient times. The huge marble pillars made of one stone, and there were eight gates, and one, one of those gates was called Beautiful, and there was porches on the side, and one of them was named after King Solomon, which was Solomon's porch. And, and this, this would be the temple that his disciples would point out those massive, magnificent stones of marble of the ornate temple. And Jesus would say to them, you see at these great buildings, there shall not be one stone left upon another that shall not be torn down. So the difference between this temple that Jesus was at and his disciples and Solomon's temple was that the glory of the Lord, the Shekinah glory, had never filled that temple. It was never, ever seen there. They had never had a witness of the pillar of fire and the glory of God coming into that temple. And, and of course, you know, that was the difference between Abel and Cain's sacrifice. It's not just because Abel offered the right uh, sacrifice, the lamb, but, but it also, it was the glory of God that came down, that gave witness to, be, that to this being the right sacrifice. See, you can have correct doctrine, but without the glory, it's just a ritual and a formality. And so all Herod's temple had to offer was beauty and ritual and forms. But there was no life there. There was no God there. And Brother Branham tells us this in Ephesian church age as he speaks of the one who walks amongst the seven golden candlesticks. And he's, and he's described as Christ who is our life. 
For he said, Christ indeed is the life of the church. She has no other life. Without him, she's simply a religious society, a club, a meaningless gathering of people. And as a, as a corpse bejeweled and dressed is still a corpse. So the church, no matter what her programs and her gracious efforts might achieve, without Christ, she is a corpse also. But with him in her midst, with him motivating her, she, she becomes, the, to the wonderment of all, his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And this very hour, he's walking in the midst of the last age's golden candlestick. What he was uh, as he walked in the first age, he is even now in this last age. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yet when Jesus came to the Jews, they were the church. And he would be brought to this temple even as a baby to be presented before the Lord. And then as early as 12 years old, he would be seen there on Solomon's porch. Um, and it's located on the east side of, of, the, of the temple. And, and he would speak things with the rabbis and astonish them with his questions and his answers. And this would be the same temple that Jesus would later plait a whip and drive out of the, out the sheep and the cattle and turn over the cages of doves and pour out the money changers' money and say, my father's house should be a house of prayer and you made it a den of thieves. This would be the place that Jesus would actually weep over where he would say in Luke 19.42, saying, if Thou hast known even thou, at least in thy day, the things which belong to thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench round about thee and compass thee round and keep thee in on every side and lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee and they shall not leave thee one stone upon another because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. So he would visit the temple time and time again only to be rejected by them. Think about that. God coming to his own church and would be unrecognized, unwanted, and then rejected and be crucified. And yet the Bible speaks of that the glory of this latter house, according to Haggai's prophecy, was to be greater than the former house, the one that Solomon had built. And this, of course, was true because the word made flesh Jesus Christ would come as Malachi promised, saying, The Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant. And so, again, you know, it was greater because, you know, it would be a greater than Solomon that would be in that temple. It would be, it would be a greater than any of the prophets. God himself would come down and visit that temple, but yet be rejected. And the stone, the Bible said, that the builders rejected, Jesus was that stone. In Matthew 21 42, Jesus said unto them, But you never read in the scripture the stones which the builders rejected. The same has become the head of the corner. And this is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. 
Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God shall be taken away from you, given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. So this stone, the Messiah, he would be despised and be rejected of men. He was to be the capping off of all of the Hebrew prophets. Of all the Old Testament scriptures, he was to be the fulfillment of all the word of God and, and the capstone and, and the valued thing that would tie it all together. But they rejected it. You see, they disallowed and disapproved of him, regarding him as vile and base and the most contemptible of mortals and set him at naught and held him in utmost scorn and derision. Now, you know, you, you may think of something that happened 2,000 years ago, but I want you to understand this is being repeated again in this last day where Christ, the true capstone, is rejected because he's not only the cornerstone, but he is the capstone. He's the author and finisher. So he, he's rejected by some today who, who, who bear the same characteristics of the builders back then. His deity is denied. He's treated as a mere man, just a human, when he was the fullness of the Godhead bodily, of whom the prophet would declare that the greatest revelation is the deity, the supreme deity of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can't get the first base until you believe that. And walk out. That's what Peter said. Repent and then see the deity. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sin. And then you're ready to go in the spirit. The first thing you got to know is the deity of Christ. I am Alpha and Omega. I am A to Z. Uh, there's no more but me. I was at the beginning. I'll be at the end. Yet I'm he that was, which is, and shall come the Almighty. Isn't it something today that he's rejected and, and, and displaced as, a, as the fullness of the Godhead bodily for a third person in the Trinity? Or even among some message believers today that he was just a Lord, a smaller Lord under God. He's really not God at all. Attacking the very deity of Jesus Christ is rejecting of the cornerstone. Back then, the chief priests and the elders uh, that had the oversight of the Jewish church, which was God's building, they would not allow Jesus to have his place in the building. They would not receive his doctrine. They threw him aside as a despised and broken vessel, as a stone for the trash heap that would serve only for a useless stone just to stumble over or be trampled on. And because of this, God in his wrath threw aside their building. I want you to understand, when you reject Christ, he's going to reject you. He said, you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. You turn me down, I'll turn you down. And so because, because of their rejection, God in his wrath threw aside their building, the Jewish church, and Jesus told Peter he would build another church. And he would build this church, and, and with this church, he would be the chief cornerstone. And his church would be built upon the revelation of who he is. That on this rock, I will build my church. 
And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. As he says in Isaiah 28, 16. Therefore saith the, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste, or he who maintains his faith will not run away in panic. You see, the church must be God's building. You see, Christ must be its foundation stone. And as he said in Psalms 127 and verse 1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. So unless the Lord builds a church, that they that labor, labor in vain. So God must be his builder. And no building we build with our hands can contain his glory. It never was a building made with God's hand. it was never a building made with God, with man's hand that God wanted anyway. It was a body that God wanted to dwell in. So he says in Hebrews 10 and 5, when he come to the world, he said, sacrifice and offering, thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. You see, God wants more than worship. A lot of worship today is not worship of God. It's actually the idolizing of men's talents and their ability. Amen. A lot of this is what you're hearing, you know, and, and, and singing and so on. And it's all about God, but it's really not about God. It's about how great the singer is and how long he can hold his voice and the pitches and the reins and, and everybody's applauding over that. But you see... You see, God wants more than just somebody to worship because you can be worshiping men's abilities. You can be worshiping men's talents or men's intellect and how well he lays out a sermon or all of this. That's not the kind of worship God wants. God wants a body prepared for him to dwell in. Amen. And those bodies are being shaped and be molded to fit into his building. Peter said it in 1 Peter 2 and 4, to whom coming as, as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. The cornerstone in this building was not a dead stone. It was a living stone. Amen. The body of Jesus, his temple went down to the river Jordan and was baptized in the water. It was washed as an obedient lamb for sacrifice. And there then the glory of God filled his temple. You see the heavens opened and the voice of God cried out saying this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the glory of God came down as a dove and it filled his temple. Amen. Now if the glory of God, the Holy Spirit filled his temple. So must you be baptized in his name. Come on. Even as the temple must bear his name and be cleansed and through repentance and forgiveness of sin and then be filled with the same glory of God, baptized with the same spirit he received, the Holy Ghost. Amen. So after, you know, after Jesus received the abiding of the Holy Spirit from there, he went and proved that the gates of hell could not prevail against a living stone. No, sir. 
First, he, he went, the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And in every aspect, whether it was the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes or the pride of life, Jesus defeated him. Brother Branham would say of Jesus, he said, he, he endured temptations. And he said he, he was tempted in all points, as the scripture bears witness, as we are, yet without sin. He said he was tempted by money. He was tempted by women. He was tempted by lust. He was tempted by everything that we are tempted with. But he never failed. Are you with me? Amen. So even after his temptation, the Bible declares that he was not defeated, but he left that wilderness and returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Think about it. He met this living stone that he said, the gates of hell would not prevail against. Amen. This church, I'm going to build a church on a rock. And he is to be the living stone, the cornerstone of this church that it's all built upon. The revelation of who he is. Are you with me? Amen. And then he proved then after temptation that he walked out into the spirit. Amen. Returned in the power of the spirit into Galilee. The temptation did not cause him to lose the spirit. But it came with even more power. Hallelujah. Do you realize after your battle, after your time of temptation, after the troubles that you go through, just look for a greater increase of the Spirit of God. Amen. You ought to look to come out of the trial that you are in and go into more power than you ever had because of the victory that is in Jesus. Amen. Every man who is filled with the Spirit does the work of Jesus Christ. And he said, this is his work. Heal the sick, cleanse the leopard, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely as you receive, freely give. Hallelujah. Now, any church who is not healing the sick, casting out devils, freely giving out the Holy Ghost as they received it, is not the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. This is a commission given to his church. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. If they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Amen. And we, we must never fail to testify of what Jesus is doing among us. Amen. We must testify. There are countless examples of, of uh, the prophet of God testifying of the wonderful works of Jesus. Of healings, of miracles, of saving power. And, and you know what that does? Every time you hear that, that imparts faith and expectation to the people. So, you know, I will testify of his salvation. I will testify of his miracles and his healing power. No preacher can take credit for healing the sick any more than we can take credit for saving a soul. But, but, however, we must testify of what he is doing among us. That it is him and it's his work. And he's working through his body. So now Psalms 105 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Mm -hmm. You know, F.F. Bosworth, he, he, uh, he was opposed 
by many who did not like him testifying of what God had done. They didn't want to hear of miracles. They didn't want to hear of cripples walking and blind eyed seeing. You know, that offended them. It, it, it made them realize their lack of God. And rather than seeking God, they found ways to make excuses for why they didn't have what God promised in his word. So he, F.F. Bosworth said, some oppose and write articles against us for publishing the testimonies of those who are miraculously healed. What is the matter? Is there anything wrong in obeying the Lord's command to make his deeds known among the people? Since Jesus died to open the way for his mercies to reach all the needs of man, we surely ought to be willing for them to know it. And one would think to read of some of the books and articles that are being written that it's a crime to let the people know about the Lord's compassion. Oh my. You know, I think of our own message. The climate in the message when I was a boy preacher some 50-something years ago and even now is that we're not to testify of God's miraculous healing power. It's thought it might take away from the prophet and from his position. But I'll tell you, it's a huge discredit to this message and to the prophet of God for us to present the message of the hours is one that no longer works. You know, you, you know we, we present it like that because no longer are valid testimonies allowed. The, the church world, even in Bosworth Day, that preached, uh, you know, and that predated Brother Branham, they, they did not want God's deeds known. Amen. There's hardly a sermon Brother Branham doesn't testify of some marvelous work of the Lord. What God's been doing, how God's been moving. Those things encourage us. It gives us strength to know that God still heals cancer. Amen. That he still delivers from brain bleeds. That he makes cripples to walk. Amen. That he makes a hearing to hear. The, uh, the one who can't hear to hear. Amen. So, you know, all of this, it, it, it shows the marvelous work of the Lord. But not only that, but the Bible tells us to do this. That each generation must declare the works that God has done. In Psalm 145 said, we have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us what work thou hast done in their days and the times of old. One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. They will proclaim the power of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. Yeah, I know. I know that the divine healing movement abused and, and, and misused this and Azusa Pentecost did. But however, we cannot allow their poor behavior to keep us from testifying of the great things that God is, still does among us. As Psalms 150 says, hallelujah, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him for his excellent greatness. Now, God is not looking today for natural stones, a brick and mortar. God doesn't use those. He's looking for living stones. Sons and daughters, that's what he's going to build a house with. 
individuals who will be set upon that personal revelation, each one personally receiving from God themselves that he is the Christ. Amen. Personal revelation of Jesus to you. That's what the new birth is. Now, so he's not looking for natural stones, but the Bible said in 1 Peter, you as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded or ashamed. And, of course, this was based on an ancient prophecy of Isaiah 28, 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone. And remember, he was tried in every way, without fail, all the way to the cross. Amen. A tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. And he that believeth on me shall not run away in panic. You'll not run away from his enemy. But when we've done all we can do to stand, we still stand firm on the solid rock of foundation of Christ. So Peter said, unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. Amen. But unto them which are disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same as made the head of the corner. And a stone is stumbling and a rock of offense. Even them that stumble at the word being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But you, you're different from that. You are a chosen generation. That means a chosen offspring. Amen. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Who in time past were not a people. But now we are the people of God. Which had not obtained mercy. But now has obtained mercy. So the church of Jesus Christ is a spiritual church. A mystical body. No one can add himself to the church. You can't join it. Amen. A lot of people want us to come and say, I'd like to join this church. You can't join it. You can only be added to the church by God. And furthermore, no one can remove you from the church when God has added you. So no man can put you in and no man can take you out. No man can write your name on the book of life, and no man can take your name off. Hallelujah. I'm glad that our salvation is not, is not um, uh, connected with some whims of some fickle preacher somewhere who decides who is going to go to heaven and who ain't. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. But it's, it's there on, on Christ himself. And when he chooses you, he can never unchoose you. Because he can't change his mind about his word. He cannot say, oh, you made a mistake, so I'll just X you off of my list. 
I'll tell you, you're played off the, off the Lamb's Book of Life and off the, off the table there at the marriage supper. Oh, I didn't know he was going to make such a mess of himself. So I'll take his plate up and, or I'll let somebody else come take it. No, nobody can take your place. Nobody can replace you. You were called, you were chosen, you were elected by him, and he'll never change his mind about you. Hallelujah. If God called you, amen, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Amen. So you see, this stone, you are a lively stone. And every stone has to fit in its place. You know, a lot of times we get the wrong idea about things. We, we, we get to a feeling, well, adoption, we, we, we'll be uh, mature sons and, you know, we'll all be doing miracles and signs and wonders and having divine healing campaigns and prayer lines and, and, and working with great power. No, that's not adoption. Adoption is every man in his place. God working in a housewife. Jesus living in you, showing to the world what God would be in a, in a woman, a mother of children, a wife to a husband. Are you with me? Amen. A farmer or whatever it is, a construction worker, it would be God going to work with a lunch pail under his arm. Amen. It ain't everybody being a preacher or having prayer lines or casting out devils. In fact, um, his Florence Carrion came to Brother Branham and said, Brother Branham, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. He said, I, I fast and I pray and I fast and I pray and I still can't cast out devils. He said, sis, you don't know your place. He said, you wasn't called to cast out devils. You were called, are you with me? You were called to fast and pray while others cast out devils. He said, you just don't know your place. You know, but again, you know, the devil would try to make us all, you know, uh, Ephraim wanting to plant corn in Manassas pastures or whatever. You see, you've got to be in your place, in your position, and knowing you are important in God's economy. Amen. You, you may not be the lead stone on the, on the, on the, uh, on the corner there, but as, as you come on down, every stone in the building is important. Whether you are a young person, whether you are, whether you are a woman, whether you are a man, if you're a deacon, if you're a trustee, it doesn't matter if you don't hold an office. Amen. You say, well, I'm not doing nothing for God. Oh, yes, you are. You are living a testimony of Jesus Christ. You sisters, every time you walk into Walmart, you are testifying of the glory of God. Amen. And how God would live and dress in this Sodom age. Absolutely. You are a witness. Now, so everyone has a place in the building. We may not be exactly like the other one. But we all got a place here. Every born again Christian. You know, Paul would, would, would use the example of the body. And he said, what if, what if everybody was the eye? What if, you know, seeing is great. And it's a valuable part. But what if my, eye, my body was just a big old eyeball? There wouldn't be a mouth to speak the words I'm speaking. Right? There wouldn't be a feet to carry the eyeballs. If all I was was a big eyeball, if all the church was just one thing, 
Are you with me? Every part. Some of it are hidden parts. Some of them are invisible parts of the ministry. But you're just as important. I've never seen my heart. But I couldn't live very long without one. Amen. My liver. I don't pay much attention to it. How are you feeling today? I don't talk to my liver. I've never seen it. But it's a very important part. It's a hidden part. But it's very vital to the body. And I want you to understand. You are a vital part to the body of Christ and to this church. Amen. Amen. Your presence is important. Empty pews don't praise God. Amen. Amen. You're important here. You are needed here. You are vital to the rest of the body. You add your little part. To, to be exactly what God had in his mind for a church right here in Murfreesboro. So give it your best. Serve God in the capacity that God called you to be in. Be satisfied with where you're at until God moves you further. Amen. Never be jealous of another. Don't compare your experience with another. Well, this one, he had an experience and shouted up and down the aisle. I'll try that too. It'll just be fake. Amen. I mean, you don't compare your experience. You just simply be what God called you to be. Amen. And as he moves upon you, let him move in your life. So the church of Jesus Christ has to be built on the revelation of Christ personally to you. That's the rock we are built upon. When he reveals himself to you by the infilling of the Holy Ghost, he places you or positions you as a living stone in the temple of his church. And when he does, then the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. Amen. Now, so you see, again, and I quote from Brother Branham. He said, said, I say to thee, Peter, little rock, I am the great rock. I'm the cornerstone. You're the little rock that's placed upon me. The builders chose you. You never chose yourself. Think about that. You never chose yourself. The builders chose you. The angels of God, one night working in the quarry, called you out and submitted yourself to me. And I cut you in my own fashion. And I made you the way I wanted you to be. I'd done the sawing. You stood still. And I placed you now as a little stone to fit with some other stone to lead that stone. And that stone leads that stone. And that stone in the cement of love is bringing you together, making the foundation which I am to be fitted together with every stone that professes my name and receives this revelation. And upon this rock, the revelation of God that will stand still and be cut, the stone by the revelation, I will build my church and all the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God put you here in this age at this time for a purpose. Hallelujah. And the sooner you find out that I'm a part of this body and, and I'm important. Amen. Listen, if you're part of that, if you're part of God, there can be no rapture without you. Amen. 
In fact, no matter just as Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, you can say also, I am the rapture. That's who I am. I am the embodiment of all of those scriptures. Amen. I'm the one called. I'm the one placed. Now, so it's a certain foundation. It's a solid foundation. The entire church of the living God is built upon the spiritual revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That he saves you by his grace. Now, and so now, um, a church that is built upon Jesus can never fail. A person built on the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you never will fail. You say, oh, well, Brother Tim, that's impossible. Well, let me just read Peter. Peter said, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and the knowledge temperance, and the temperance patience, and the patience godliness, and the godliness brotherly kindness, and the brotherly kindness charity. And then he said, if these things be in you and abound, if this character of Christ is in you by the new birth, they will make you that you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And then he sums it up in verse 10, said, if you do these things, if you receive this character of Christ by the Holy Ghost, you will never fall. Hallelujah. Amen. You will never fail. This is the word of God. Now, Jesus told us the parable of the house built upon sand and the house built upon rock. So that foundation must be built upon the rock. Cannot be just built upon shifting sands. Got to have a solid foundation. Now in Ephesians 2 and 19, he says, You are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. And of the household of God. And you're built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord. In whom you are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So Jesus must be the cornerstone of this church. Without Jesus, we're nothing. We're just a pretty building without life. Amen. There's plenty of them in Murfreesboro. There's plenty of them in Nashville. Pretty buildings without life. Without Jesus, the worshiper has the facade of religion with no life. Mm. Like a corpse dressed and adorned with pearls. Is still a corpse. Jesus is the theme of the Bible. Amen. All of the scriptures pointed to him. And all of from us all the way back to Calvary, we point back to Calvary. So he is the principal theme of the entire Bible. So Brother Bradham told us if you read the Bible and you don't see Jesus Christ in it, from, Revel, from Genesis all the way through Revelation, he said, go back and read it again because you missed something. Amen. Amen. And so he is the principal theme of the Bible. He was in the prophets. 
He was in the Psalms. He was in the history of the Bible. And the, and the Bible's prophetic book is a historical book. It's a book of love. It's a book of Psalms. Of songs, a book of life, and then there you find Christ. He was in the prophets. He was in the Psalms. He was in the history. He, he's also in the Bible. It's the things that is to come. He was before until after. What does that make him the same yesterday, today, and forever? So he, then he said, if you inject something in there, does, doesn't make him the same yesterday, today, and forever, then you've got an awful picture. For he was the history, and he is the prophet, and he is the Psalms. He is everything, and you can't make him, if you can't make him everything in the same, that's where your, what does your picture look like? He is the same. He was the prophet. He was in them. He was in the Psalms. He was in the history. He is in things to come, the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13 and 8. Then he should be the principal theme, uh, the principal um, Theme of our talking, our thinking, our singing, our walks. He should be the principal theme of our life. If he's the principal theme of the Bible and the Bible is in us, then he should be the principal theme of everything we do, say, or think should be Christ. And if a man, now hold on. If a man says he's born again, and he tries to place these promises of Christ in this last day to some other age, making him Christ yesterday but not today, then that man or that person has been in an illusion by Satan. And if that man says he believes that and it don't manifest itself through him, Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe into all the world, into every age, casting out devils, speaking with tongues, all these great manifestations of gifts that would follow. They shall, not they may be, they ought to, they will, and heavens and earth will pass away, but his word won't. So if we make a claim that he's the principal thing, and it don't manifest, then we're under delusion of Satan. Amen. Now, you see, this is what has happened even in this Laodicean age. The Holy Spirit is once again rejected. Brother Branham would indict this generation, not just the denomination, but he said many of the independents for crucifying him afresh. Amen. Now, of course, and, and, and Brother Branham told us, he said, the reason the gospel hasn't gone on to all the world through powers and signs is, is because the denominations have cut out the very power of the phenomenal saying the days of miracles are past. There's no such thing as divine healing. No such thing as speaking in tongues. No such thing as any supernatural. That was it for a day gone by. And I'm afraid that many message churches today will reject Christ just like they did. Remember, remember Laodicea shows him rejected by his own church. Amen. And like the brothers of Joseph rejected him, they did not have any use for his spiritual dreams and visions. It reminds me of many of the mess around the message today. They don't have no use for the supernatural. You know, we, we want the Word. Well, the Word contains miracles. 
So, well, we believe in an open book, Brother Tim, and, and the book is open. Well, in the book, there's miracles, there's signs, there's wonders, there's healing, there's deliverance, there's everything in the book. Hallelujah. It's not just a dead creed. It's a living word. But, you know, they got rid of Joseph, him being a spiritual man. They thought they would never have a use for a man like that. So why not just get rid of him? And that's what happens today. And I'm quoting Brother Bradham from the third exodus. They think because our churches have become intellectual that we got the best dress crowds, the biggest organization, the smartest ministers, that we have no use for the Holy Spirit in the way it was back there. They are full. In other words, actions speak louder than words. That their seminaries and their brain of their being, and they're coming together, discussing this thing, are more able with their intellectual minds to set a church in order better than what the Holy Spirit could do it. So they don't need it anymore. They don't want it any longer. It's something we don't need today. It's the days of that is past. He says, now isn't that just right? We don't need the Holy Spirit to heal the sick. We got doctors. Even today, many times in the message, we don't major on a minor. So we don't want prayer lines. We don't want altar calls. We don't want no snot on these altars. We don't want no tears shed. Amen. We don't want any emotion. Come on. That's exactly the way it is, you know. And Brother Bannon continues saying, we don't need the Holy Spirit to speak with tongues. We're all intelligent people. And when you do, you take right from your framework the lifeline. Jesus said to them Jews in that day, haven't you read the stone that was rejected is the chief cornerstone that this building is set upon. And then you see what I mean? And he said, I'm sure you can catch it. That's the reason of it now is because they thought they would never need it. We don't need speakers with tongues. We don't need interpreters of tongues. We don't no longer need Old Testament prophets to set us in order by the Holy Spirit. We understand it. They have adopted a man-made system to take the place of the Holy Spirit. So listen to him. Therefore, there is a people that's elected that has their names on the Lamb's Book of Life. They can't go for that. They are spiritual minded and therefore they can't go for that. They can't stand it. Amen. Now, let's think about this cornerstone. If the cornerstone was not exactly right, then the entire building would be out of line, out of square. And for that reason, the builders would inspect many stones. Rejecting each one until they found the one they wanted. Brother Branham talked about that and he said, you know, they kept passing over in the building of the temple. They kept passing over the cornerstone. And they they saw this odd looking rock or stone there and, and, and it was just too odd to fool with. So they just pitched it over into a corner and Said that stone's just too odd to be used and there's no place for it in our building. And he said the builders should have known different. So he said they would search through the ships, you know, that were coming in and run through every ox cart with every load of stones. And they sent messengers to Joppa and said, has another load come in? And, and they couldn't find it anywhere. 
And, and it was all the time right there on the ground. And Jesus spoke of it, and he said it was a chief cornerstone that the builders rejected. And he said, haven't you read of the stone the builders rejected was the chief cornerstone, the head of it all, where the rest of the building sat upon. And he said, I think in the building today of the spiritual house that God worships in, I think that's where we've been a great failure among the builders. We have come with our denominations. We've laid them in sincerity. We sent our boys to school to educate them, to speak well and learn them psychology and a Bible lesson, history. And we've done everything and built fine pews and made towering steeples and beautiful music. And we find out there's something wrong. We tried to build it out of man-made materials, what education could produce, what seminaries could bring out. We tried to build it upon scholarship, upon denomination, on all these things that will not work as long as we have not accepted this odd stone. Now watch what he says the odd stone was. And he says they, 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 they realized that the hole that was left, that the odd stone would ha- would, had fitted to the dot. And there's where the builders today, that's why the bride building of Christ is not ready for the bridegroom is because that the builders has rejected the chief cornerstone that was laid on the day of Pentecost, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You see, that is the chief cornerstone that every person in the building must be built upon. Amen. Now, so you see, he said they kept us pushing them off. And calling them a bunch of holy rollers, those odd ones making confession. That's, and, and if they had received that, the sooner that the building would be completed. And I tell you, if we want to complete this building, are you with me? Amen. That we got to, to have the cornerstone received in our life, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because that's what you must be built upon. Amen. Now, even in the opening of the seals. It was about bringing back the stone. Remember? The true revelation of Christ. That's what it was about. You say, Brother Tim, preach me a mystery. Well, this is the mystery of it. The mystery of of it was that with the opening of the seals, Brother Branham there, the angels came to him. Remember, the angels came to him and bringing to him a message. And he said, when I come out of the vision, the Bible was open to Romans 9. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. Again, you see, it, it was, as he said, it's strange I would be reading that. But that's what the seals are about. Taking the misinterpretation, the misunderstanding that it closed and sealed the book from us and brought back the headstone, putting the Holy Ghost and the Word in its proper place. Amen. Anything added will be tested with fire. And God will consume anything that's not ordained of God. You try to add something here, you know, as he, as he said, be careful what you build upon. He said, because you can build upon hay or wood or stubble. But he said, it's going to be manifested by fire. Amen. So you see, God will try every man's work. And he said, know you not that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwelleth in you. And if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. 
That's the temple God wants. So the tabernacle in the wilderness now was the first place of worship. And it was a movable tent that they could transport along their journey. And it, it also represented God's dwelling place. And, and I, I want you to notice the articles of building this great sanctuary there. This first one that God built, which is a type of all the rest. Because Moses would build it on the pattern of what he saw in heaven. So in Exodus chapter 25, and said, this is, verse 3, and this is the offering which he shall take of them gold, silver, brass, blue, and purple, and scarlet, fine linen, and goat's hair, and ram skin, dyed red, and badger skins, and shittim wood. Now, so, you know, we look at this, and, you know, you see goat's hair, and ram skins, dyed red. This is going to be making the temple in the wilderness. You know, I get that. Those were clean and acceptable sacrifices. They represented Christ. But badger skins. Why badger skins? You know, as we look at this, it's kind of an odd, funny-looking, peculiar tent. And God would veil himself behind badger skins. Those badger skins would hide the mercy seat where the Shekinah glory would dwell over that mercy seat. And this tabernacle is, uh, that Israel built was on the pattern of, of what Moses saw in heaven. And it was made in the three courts. And God said, build it using badger skins, an animal. Now, theologians today, they're, they're still debating on what this animal was. What in the world could this be? You know, a badger... To, to us is some kind of a rodent, a burrowing animal with a thick grizzled coat. And some archaeologists and Bible historians have come to the conclusion that the badger was, a, was some type of a sea animal, similar to the porpoise, which Israel was able to get as they passed near the Gulf on the way to the Promised Land. And it didn't matter to me which one it was, whether it was the sea animal or whether it was uh, the rodent. Either of these two are unclean animals. And even if there was clean, like the ram and the goats, clean sacrifices, no animal is worthy of veiling the Almighty God. And, and I want you to think of this, how beautiful a type of human beings, unworthy as we are, unclean animals as we are. Come on. We have been chosen to be the skins to veil the almighty God. Hallelujah. You are the temple of the living God and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Amen. Amen. Now, so what is what's behind the veil? In unveiling of God, Brother Brandon said, behind the old temple in the veil, what was back behind there? What was Jehovah? What was hid back there? What was the veil hiding? Oh, hallelujah. What was the veil hiding? It was hiding the word. The veil, the old badger skins was hiding the word to their eyes, natural. Behind there was a shoe bread, and behind there was a Shekinah glory. But it was all hid from them. 
It was all hid. The glory of God was right behind that old badger skin, all hid to the natural eye. And it is today. It's called a bunch of holy rollers, fanatics. But they don't know what's hid behind there, see. That's right. They don't know. Hallelujah. Amen. To think about that. An old badger skins hiding the almighty God. Veiled behind there was God hiding behind badger skin. But you know, even Jesus, even his flesh was nothing to look at. The Bible said in Isaiah 53, he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing is an appearance that, that we should desire him. And, and Brother Branham confirmed that and, and, and said it again, you know, that when you, he didn't look much like a king. That when you looked at it, all they saw was a simple carpenter, son. All they saw was just uh, this little fanatical preacher out there. But he was hiding. He was the temple of the Almighty. And Jehovah God was hiding behind those skins. Amen. And, and God has badger skins today. Amen. And it hides the glory of God from the people. Amen. And, the, and so, again, now the glory of God is hid behind your skin. If you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God is hiding behind your skin, veiled there. Amen. But it is God in there, but traditions don't see it. Amen. Now, dead, I want you to get it. Dead badger skins. Whatever the badger skin was, whether it was a rodent or whether it was a porpoise, it wasn't alive anymore. Amen. Its life had been poured out, and in it was hiding another life. Amen. Now I'm talking about your skins. That flesh of yours is to veil God. Now, but to do that, you've got to pour out the old life of the old man, where that Christ can come and dwell in you. Notice now, talking about your skin, that flesh of yours is to veil God. Now, the Pharisees were a religious order in Jesus' day. And you know what he said of them? He said, you're, you're hiding something. And you're, you're beautiful. You got white polished, like white polished sepulchers, you know, or tombs. But inside, you're just full of all kinds of uncleanliness and dead men's bones. So he would look about on the religious system and said, yeah, 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 you're beautiful on the outside. But you're hiding something too. You're veiling something too. And you're veiling a bunch of corruption, a bunch of sin. You know, the Bible said they would become a cage of ever unclean and hateful bird. That's what the Bible said. Amen. So you see... You see, you can be the most beautiful structure that there is and yet just be full of dead men's bones. Just be a white sepulcher. Now, you can have the most beautiful sign on the outside of this church and you can have the capabilities to flash all kinds of sayings and beautiful picture. But I want you to know the best sign this church will ever have is you. Amen. You are the best sign 
As Brother Branham would preach the sermon, you are God's billboard. Amen. You are declaring to the world that Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he lives. Are you with me? So you're the best sign. Amen. Badger skins. Your flesh. This old hide of humanity. Can you imagine that? A badger, first of all, is selfish. That was Lucifer and his sin from the beginning. Hmm. He not only glorified and gloried in himself, but he could only think of his own self and his own ambitions. And he was filled with self-importance. You know, this deal of I, 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 and I'm this, and I need this, and I must have this, and I must, I must be. That's a disease. It's called an eye disease. And a lot of people are filled with it. It's all about me. Let me tell you, this church is not all about you. It's all about Jesus. That's what it's to be about. Not a, my pew and where I sit. I mean, you know, people can come in. I know how it is in church. You claim a certain pew and you sit there and somebody else gives it and your whole service is spoiled. Because it's all becomes all about you and, and, and your comfort and your ways. and You know, uh, what's satisfying to you? Friend, we're not here to, to, to be entertained. We are not here to be satisfied. We are here to worship Him, to give Him praise. But you know, selfishness is a trait of a wicked badger. It's one of the works of the flesh uh, spoke of in Galatians 5. It's listed there as rivalry and, and self-ambition. Other, other synonyms for selfishness are egocentric, egotistical, egomaniacal. You know, self-absorbed, self-seeking, self-serving. Amen. You know, and when we get so selfish, and here's what we want to watch, because we can get so prideful in our church, in our way, and what we're doing, until if you don't go here, you're not part of the body. Amen. Amen. We, we shouldn't be against everybody else. This is not about turf wars and who owns this and who owns all that. Listen, the bride belongs to the bridegroom. The bride don't even belong to preachers. Amen. That's who the bride belongs to, to the bridegroom. And so it isn't about us four and no more. And so our vision's got to be outside our four walls. Amen. We got to have a vision to reach out to the world and, and to, to everywhere else. And let, you know, for the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And if you're thirsty, come. Amen. Come drink of the water of life freely. There's no restrictions. Why, well, Brother Brandon was, said, was told, you know, if you don't belong to this certain church, you're, you're lost and going to hell. He said, If you believe such a spirit like that, you're lost. Amen. So, you know, your flesh is mean and it's ugly and it's an old destructive badger. And it must be killed and kept dead. And just because you've dealt with it once don't mean it's over. It must be kept dead. Amen. 
You see, you should never let the spirit of revival die. You've got to constantly keep in revival. Constantly revive every day. And Paul said he had to die daily that Christ could live. And we must never let that revival die within us. Are you with me? Amen. So, you know, I want to tell you about the New Testament church. It was made up of a bunch of mean old badgers of the worst kind. It really was. It was made up of deniers, liars. Are you with me? Women that had five husbands and was living with one until she met the seventh. There was all kinds of, come on. There was all kinds of bad badgers in the New Testament church. You want to read about it? It's 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. Say, know you not? That the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, that's sissies, nor abusers of themselves of mankind. You know what that is? Amen, that's homosexuals. Nor thieves, or covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Of such were some of you. This is what the New Testament church was made up of. You come in here and you think, oh, it's a bunch of holy people. Well, it's only because of the change in our lives. It's not because of what we was. We was an old, dirty, rotten, stinking badger. Amen. Amen. Badgers, are, he's, a, he's part of the... Uh, of the, like the skunk family, you know, they got an odor. So did you with sin. Amen. Amen. But listen, he said, as such were some of you, but that's not the end of the story. But you are washed. But you are sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Listen, he took them dirty old badgers. And he made saints out of them. He washed them. Amen. He sanctified them and cleansed them. And then he come and dwelt in them. Hallelujah. You know, like Mary Magdalene, she was a dirty old badger, mean. Brother Brandon said she had a selfish teenage spirit. And Jesus cast seven devils out of her. Brother Brandon named selfishness as one of them. Paul also known as Saul of Tarsus, a mean old badger, killing, persecuting the church. But then one day he met the cornerstone. Said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus. Amen. Why, why do you persecute me? You know, that's what you're doing. You're, not, you're, not, you're persecuting Jehovah himself. You see, Paul and, and, and even the disciples, look at that selfish bunch. Did you ever think about it? Why it was when Jesus was, was about to face the cross, right at his last supper, they were more concerned about their position in the kingdom than about Jesus and his purpose. Sounds like, sound like a bunch of message preachers when Brother Branham left. You know who's going to be the greatest among us now? 
Who's going to be the Joshua? And who's going to be the, you know, the this one or that one? Who's going to lead us on? You see, uh, again, because you see, they went on a search for a Messiah because they never saw the word which is the Messiah. So you see, they, they were more concerned over their position than about Jesus and his purpose. Peter, a selfish man, he denied Jesus over his own cursed self. Judas, a badger that never was cleansed and went out into darkness. Israel, now you know, they couldn't see their God veiled behind those badger skins, but they could see his works. And, and the world may not see you, but we, he, the world must be able to see his works. You see, because Jesus said, if I don't do the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, then believe, though you believe me not, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. And you've got to have that same testimony. Yet the world can't see what's behind those badger skins, but they are hiding the Shekinah glory. And although the outside of a man or woman of, of flesh yet, it is flesh, but we should be able to see the manifestation. We should be able to show, show forth the praises of him that has called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Amen. That, that the world can say, there's something about that man. There's something different about that woman. Amen. That, that they recognize something different because you're displaying the works of God to a generation. Now, Israel couldn't see God dwelling over the Ark of the Covenant. They couldn't see the pillar of fire that was veiled behind those skins. But by faith, they knew he was back there. But there is a peculiar people on earth today who are his offspring, who are the chosen generation, chosen and begotten of God, amen, who, who are ordained to hide behind their skins. The Shekinah glory, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the pillar of fire. Now, when the, when the curtain of badger skins was hung and the tabernacle was completed, I want you to remember they had been working on it, the tapestries, the blue, the purple, the, all the other, the, the ornaments, the gold, and whatever that they had, the badger skins, everything's in place. And in Exodus 40, 33, he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. So he did everything he could do. You've done everything you can do. You made it beautiful. Got ornate trim here. You got all of the sound panels in the right places, the carpet. Everything flows from the pulpit all the way back, and the pews match. Everything that you have. Moses finished the work. But then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode their own, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. I want you to know when man had done everything he could do to complete it, it still wasn't complete. Amen. It was not complete until the glory came and filled it. 
And that's the same with it. We can all, oh, we can, we can complete this, and it's so beautiful and it's nice, and we got the lighting in the right place, and everything is perfection, and all the shrubbery outside, and the lawn is manicured, and it's beautiful on the outside. But until the glory of God fills the place, unless the glory of God comes down. Unless the pillar of fire comes into this place. Unless the Holy Ghost is poured out in our meetings. Hallelujah. Unless that we get a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's all in vain. God won't dwell. In the Chronicles, the Bible tells you about Solomon's temple. And all the stones. You know David had prepared Long before, he couldn't build it, so he started laying it out. He started gathering the timbers, started gathering the stones, started by purchasing from here and there, making the plans for his son to finish. He had it all laid out. And then Solomon began the building during that wonderful time of peace. And the Bible said in Second Chronicles 5, 11, it came to pass when the priest were come out of the holy place. For all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait by course. And the Levites which were there were the singers. And all of them of Asaph and Heman and, and uh, Jethon and with their sons and their brethren be arrayed in white linen having cymbals and psalteries and harps stood on the east end of the altar. And with them 120 priests sounded with trumpets. Think of that, 120 priests. Sound like an upper room. And it came to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one. They're all now in one accord. And they began to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord when they lifted up their voice with their trumpets and their cymbals and their instruments of music, and they praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by the reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Hallelujah. Now, when Jesus built his house, remember, I'm going to build a church. And so on the day of Pentecost, here they come gathering together. Watch this. In Acts chapter 113, when they'd come in, they went up into an upper room and were abode with Peter, James, and John, and Andrew, and Philip, and Thomas, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotus, and, and Judas, the brother of James. And these all continued with one accord and prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And here they're all gathered together. And then when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then here come 120 badger skins that the old life had been poured out of. 
And now the life of the Spirit of God and its new wine of stimulation was in them. And Brother Bradham said he learned that the wine bottles were not made of glass like they are today, but they were stored in skins. And that's why Jesus said the new wine could not be stored in old bottles. But these old bottles were were not pliable, but were stiff. And when the new wine bubbled inside, it, it would stretch. When the new wine would stretch the skin, it would burst it. And he said, when the skin gets old and set and dry and formal, it isn't flexible anymore. So you see, what we need today with a bunch of old skins, amen, we need a renewing of the Holy Ghost and power, amen, and become new again, amen. So when that that new wine comes in, it can bubble out. And as Brother Branham described it, he said, here come one of them dancing by, one of them bottles coming out, and said, this is that which the prophet Joel spoke of. Here it was, they couldn't contain the joy. Because why? The Spirit of God had come and moved in them. And the new wine would begin to ferment and to stretch, and the skin burst. You'll lose both the wine and the bottle. But if you, if you are new, and can be new in the Holy Ghost. You can stretch and move out with the Spirit. It's time for you to expand your experience. Amen. You might have been a long time in the message. Amen. You, you might have been in the way a long time. It's time to get out of the way. You know, I think it was Jack Cole one time. Got a call from somebody and said, you know, Brother Jack said, would you come over here and pray for me? He said, well, why don't you come to the meeting? He said, you know, the Spirit of God's moving. The Holy Ghost is being poured out. There's healings and one signs and wonders being done. Why don't you come to the meeting? Oh, said, well, you don't understand. said, well, you know, my, my mother and dad goes to this certain church. And my grandparents go to this certain church. And my great-granddaddy. And they bought a certain pew in this church. And it is their pew. And you see, I've got to go to church and I've got to sit in the, in the pew that they bought for us. And Jack Coe just said, pew, pew, and hung up. You know, there, there again, you know, it's, that's not what it's about. Amen. It's about there a refreshing from the presence of God. It's about there killing out the old badger skin and letting the Holy Spirit move there. You see, because without the glory, the house is desolate and empty. Without the glory, it's just another building. Without the glory, you're just still an old stinking badger skin. Amen. But now, we got the building finished. I understand COVID kept you from a dedication. And from your pastor's vision to the paper. The blueprint, to the first dirt work, to the blasting of stones, to the last finishing touch. And I want you to know, we've been in the message a long time. One of Brother Joseph's first words to me when we were to, got together is he picked me up in the airport. Brother Tim, we've tired it a long time. I, I've been... Expecting the Lord to come. And we're living in a time of delay. 
where men say, the Lord has delayed his coming. And it's a time where men forget the real purpose of why we left denomination to begin with. Because we wanted a living God. We wanted a place where God could move and the word could be preached and miracles could happen. Where you could be the miracle. And I want you to know, God's been building a church. He started on the day of Pentecost. And he's been building a church. Adding one stone after another, after another, after another. And we've come through Luther's age and Wesley's age and Azusa Street. And now, do you realize we are the last stones to go in the building. You know, when I was used to raise animals, I've sold all my animals. I'm no more an animal slave. But, you know, I used to bale hay and we'd load it up on a trailer way high and get it to the barn. And we'd come to the last bale to get it off. And I'd always say, we should have got this one first. (laughs) But you know, we are the last stones now to go in the building. There is no other age to come. I want you to understand, if this message don't turn your heart, there's not another message coming that will. If this does not produce a rapture in your life, there's not coming another prophet. There's not coming another message. There's not another church age after this. We're at the end. And I I want you to, I want to say to you today, let's finish this. Come on. Let's finish this. We realize that We're the last stones. And you may be the last one we've been waiting on. You know, a lot of times I'm asked, Brother Tim, why why do you go out and preach in other places? How come you're interested in other places? Why would you go to a meeting like this and leave your church and go to Brother Hymans and and minister for the weekend? Why, Why would you do that? Because I realize how important you are. What do you mean, Brother Tim? Well, it's like this. When I got the Holy Ghost, it happened on a certain day. Happened in a certain hour. And when you got the Holy Ghost, it might have been years later. I've been serving the Lord. I gave my heart to God when I was five years old. I've been preaching since I was 15, this message. You got the Holy Ghost in your time. I got it in my time. I didn't have to wait on you to get the Holy Ghost. You see, because it's an individual affair. Right? So you might have got the Holy Ghost on one day. Your wife got it on another. But that ain't the way the rapture is. When the rapture takes place, we're all going together. Come on. 
I can't leave. We can't leave not one behind. And so if there is a group of people, a bride here in Tennessee, they've got to be ready, same as we are in Louisiana. So therefore, I'm interested in seeing that you be ready because it's time to finish this. It's time to go home. And you young people, well, I can't serve the Lord in this age. Well, I'm sorry. I'll have to testify against you on that day because at 15, I started preaching. In Laodicea, in the evil age, I overcome. I received the Holy Ghost as a young person. You can receive it. And now, you may be the last one to go in the building. The one we've been waiting on. Without the Holy Ghost filling you, you're incomplete. When the Holy Ghost comes to cap you off, uniting you with the individual with Christ, it completes you as an individual, seals you into the rapture. When the last member, the last stone of the body is placed by birth into the bride, then the bride church will be complete. After 2,000 years of seven churches, God has capped off the mysteries. Amen. Opening the seals by the revealing of the seven thunders. And so the capstone has come to cap off the mysteries of God. Did you know the mysteries of God are finished? We don't need another man to rise and finish the mysteries. They've been finished. And it's been 60 years now since the seals were open. Now the message has went into all the world. How much time do we have left? I say, let's finish this. And the building's not finished until the glory of God comes to fill it. The Shekinah glory that was to finish the Moses tabernacle, the glory that finished Solomon's temple, his abiding glory has to complete you as a holy temple. And remember, remember the dynamics of this church will be a refilling of the Holy Ghost. So I say to you, church, you know, we've got the mysteries completed. They're all in place. We got the doctrines. We got the truths. We got all of that. What do we need? We need the glory to come and fill the temple. We need the Holy Ghost among us. Moving mightily in a church until she becomes a church of, a, of the book of Acts. Not the Acts of man. So I don't want to be a book of Acts church because I'll tell you a book of Acts church. They argued, they fussed, and they, and they, they, they did all kinds of things and had false doctrines and whatever. Yeah, that was what man did. That ain't what we're talking about. We're talking about the Acts of the Holy Ghost in the church. That is the book of Acts that we're to have in this last day. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The power of God to come in the church till it lifts her off of the earth and takes her into glory. What a day we're living in. You say, well, what about me, Brother Tim? I got the Holy Ghost years ago. 
But I'll tell you, they had received it on the day of Pentecost. And in Acts chapter 4, when they were threatened, they began to pray and said, Lord, behold, their threatenings. Grant to thy servants with, that, with all boldness they may speak thy word. Listen, we are threatened on every side. There are demons that are howling and are loose to destroy our families, our young people. You know, the, the drag queens are, are publicly saying, we are out to get your kids. Amen. You know, Satan in every able way that he can is coming against the church of the living God. And they began to pray and said, Lord, behold their threatenings. And we need to pray in this hour. Lord, behold the threatenings. Because we are threatened with extinction. The, the freedoms that you know in America have been taken away one at a time after another after another after another. And she's quickly turning from the lamb with freedom of religion to speak as the dragon. Satan himself. Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. So they had been filled. But now here comes another feeling. Amen. It's time, church, for you to have another feeling. Because without the Holy Ghost, we're just a dirty old badger. Unless we're veiling him, we're just worthless as can be. But with him in our midst, brother, he is our life. He is our everything. He is our joy. I say, let the house of God be filled with a cloud until the priest can't stand the minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Amen. Don't you want the Lord to fill your house today? Isn't it time to dedicate this temple? Isn't it time you've had You've went through things like every congregation has. I've went through it. As time tarries, we go through it again. You go through fallings away, church splits, hurts, troubles. We're not immune to that. As long as there's people, we'll have it. But you know what? Rather than Focusing on that. Why don't we look at what God wants to do. He wants to set this church on fire. He wants to fill you anew with the Holy Ghost. He wants to send you out proclaiming the word of God with boldness. He wants you to finish this race. It's rapture hour. Why don't you stand together with me. Maybe I could have your pastor to come here, stand here by me. He's been a man of God that's tried to stand in his generation, been through his ups and downs. He's humans. He made mistakes. No doubt there's things, if he would go back over life, he wouldn't do it that way. 
He would say, no, I, I take another course of action. Come stand right here by me, brother. And I just wonder about you. Maybe as a church, there can be little schisms in it, little feelings. You know, sometimes building a church, I went through a church building, thank God without a split. It's kind of like a man and a woman, you know, they go to build a house, they have a pretty good marriage till they go to building. Then there's fussing over this and finances and you know, over how this, uh, nobody liked that color of paint. And I don't like the way you did that. It's all, as long as we're humans, we have opinions. But opinions are like noses. Everybody's got one. But can't we just forsake our own little badger ways to be filled with the Spirit again? What about you? Wouldn't you like it fresh? up-to-date experience. Maybe, I don't know if you can do it, maybe you could just say, that's me, Brother Tim, I, I want to move out in the aisle, I want to gather right around here. I, I want to make a, a public confession today that I want a fresh and up-to-date experience with God. I want to renew it of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. I, I'm asking you to come. That's right. I'm just saying, you realize I need you, Lord. I want you, Jesus. I, I, I don't want to stay in the same rut that I've been in. Been in a rut way too long. A rut's just a grave with both ends knocked out. Get out of the rut. Isn't it time for the Spirit of God to fill believers' tabernacles? Isn't it time for there to be a real move of the Holy Ghost again? The sweetness of the Spirit to come down, bathe down in every service. Don't we want it where when the sick come among us, God can trust us to send the sick person here knowing they will be healed? Don't Don't you want to be a church that God can trust us? To send the lost and the dying that they could come and find life. Don't you want to be that kind of person? To be a real witness? Amen. Why don't you just talk to God in your own way and say, Lord, there's just too much badger left in me. I want to just be sanctified today. Washed and cleansed. I want to dedicate myself as I dedicate this church, I want to be a temple of the living God. I want to be the dwelling place. He won't dwell in this place of mortar and brick and wood and stone, but he'll dwell within your heart. Invite him there. Say, Lord Jesus, come Holy Spirit. Come in your own special way. As I just dedicate myself, Lord, I lay aside my little feelings, my little thoughts and my little own ideas and I just say Lord cleanse me make me new Lord cleanse me of every intellectual thoughts of man and Lord I pray oh God as we come before you today and I present this people unto you 
that we could be in one mind and one accord. We may not agree on the carpet color. We not, may not agree on how the sand, sound panels were hung. We may not agree on who's sitting behind the piano or the organ. We may not agree on those things, but we can be in one accord on this, that we need you, Lord. We need your Holy Spirit, the Shekinah glory to come and move in our hearts and lives. We need a renewing of the Holy Ghost. Come fill the temple, every temple, every young man, every young woman, and all the way to the old. I pray, oh God, for our brother Joseph, that you will inspire him with a new vision, with a new hope, with a new joy, and that he'd be filled with the Spirit, and that there would be sermons that would come out of this pulpit that would magnify the name of the Lord and lift up the name of Jesus and exalt you high, and you be worshipped in this place. I ask in the name of Jesus that when demons come into this place, they will leave here defeated. Oh, God, driven out by the Holy Ghost. Lord God, that there will be the Spirit of God moving in the midst of your people. In the name of Jesus, I bind every spirit of the enemy, every demon of hell, and I ask the Holy Ghost to fall upon this place and men and women be filled afresh with the Spirit of God and dedicate themselves to the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As we give you this place, Lord, in Jesus' name. Raise your hands right now to him. And just begin to worship. Let there come worship from your temple. Let your temple praise the Lord. Amen. Let your temple, let there come praise, joy, love out of your temple. Amen. Express to him with all of your heart. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Just tell him about your need today. I need you every hour. I want to walk with you daily, Lord. I want to be consecrated. I want to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all that's within me. Amen. I want to be the greatest sign, the greatest signpost that Believer's Tabernacle has that I represent Jesus everywhere I go, school and work and play, wherever I'm at. I need you, Lord. Just call out to Him. The Bible said if we call on the name of the Lord, we would be saved, delivered every hour right now. Every hour. I need thee. Amen. Can you make this your prayer? Bless me, Lord. Bless me now.
him one more time. I need you, Lord. I Lord, let the glory come fill this temple. Oh, Jesus, fill me anew, Lord. Give me a renewing of the Holy Ghost. Right now, right now, Jesus. Holy Spirit is moving, breaking out on different ones. May you fill your temple this morning. Let all unclean spirit go out. You just be filled with the presence of God. Amen. My Savior. My Savior. you love Jesus oh this is what church is all about being cleansed and washed and renewed God can't use you in an old experience it's got to be fresh every day the fire has got to be fresh every day don't you love him right now don't you just want to just give everything to him right now don't you just want to surrender everything to him at this very moment say Lord I just want to give you everything I want to give you my life. I want to give you my, my, my family. I want to give you my resources. I want to give you my, my, my everything, my business, my finances, my mind, my soul, my, my entire being. I want to give it away to Jesus right now. I want to give it all to him. I want to give myself away in Jesus' name. Can you sing that with us? I want to give myself away. Hallelujah. So that you can use me and you can bless me. Church. I want you to know these meetings were ordained by God. I never spoke of anything to Brother Tim about the vision and any of uh, nothing in this congregation. But last night and today, just time after time, the Spirit of the Lord upon him just keeps speaking life into this church. Because, you know, he's ordained this work as a, as, as a lighthouse. From this church has sprung many, many churches not just locally, but worldwide and places. And you know, Satan is going to come against something like that. He's going to attack it. He's going to do everything. A church that has not been tried is not of God. It cannot go on. But when it's been tried and God begins to just wash it and just remold it. and Not just the building, but you the people. You're experiencing that, a regrowing, a rebuilding in your life. And God just transforming you and bring you into the potter's house and just break you down and remold you all over again. That's what the weekend was all about. 
And don't you feel refreshed? Aren't you glad that you stayed in the Father's hands? Hallelujah. When you thought that you had the image and the image of God and you was all figured out, God just send the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Just smash everything down to the very foundation. And you know what God is doing? He's rebuilding. Hallelujah. He's rebuilding lives and souls and family. And there's restoration and healing and deliverance. Oh, I believe it. I believe it this morning. You believe that? Our young people are growing. The church is reaching out. And the community is being impacted by the power of God. The Bible tells us that we should go not only here, but Samaria and around. Taking the word of God to the dying and to the sick and to the afflicted. And let them know that we have a message of Elijah in this age. God bless you. God bless you. Let's slip our hands and just sing this song to him. Hallelujah. Bless him. myself away. How many want to be used by God? I give As we dedicate this church and ourselves. So you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself to you, Lord. Offer as a living sacrifice, only acceptable to God, which is a so reasonable conscience. Are you standing for your family? Are you standing for that husband, that wife, that weird son, that daughter, the salvation of that family? Oh God, use us, Lord. Make us instruments, vessels of honor for God.
God bless you. God bless each and every one of you. We thank God for all of you. Thank you so much for being faithful and to be willing, pliable. You know, the ark was made out of gopher wood, pliable. God wants people that are pliable, that he can just, he can, he can, he can form them into the image of Jesus Christ. May God bless you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy church anniversary and dedication. Don't you feel Jesus in this place? Brother Nathan, this is what we need. Hallelujah. Good dedication to the Lord. May the Lord bless you. You may have your seats. I wonder if my family can come. As Brother Tim left the building as yet, is he still here? I wonder if my family could come, please. And I'd like for him to just pray over us, our family, and and just pray the blessings of God upon us. My faithful wife, my children, grandchildren, if you'll just come. Our in-laws, just stand over here. And we're praying for our son as well, who's not here. is in Louisiana. And our uh, daughter-in-law and her two grandchildren there, Caleb and Carolyn. And we're just praying that God will reunite us very soon. Hallelujah. In the body of Christ. You know, you don't understand it, but... Not only a pastor, but his entire family goes, it goes with, with everything he goes through. And we just ask Brother Tim to come, if you may, brother. I'm going to stand with my family. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, when you call a man, that you call his wife, and then his family with him. Lord, I thank you for raising up this family to serve the living God. Lord, for making them a light in a time of darkness. Oh, God, for putting a strength within them that they might encourage others along life's journey. And Lord, too, life's journey, Lord, there are many hurts and bruises and troubles and things that come. But Lord, it's you that it always that brings us through every trial and every test. And every problem. I pray, oh God, you'll surround this family. That you'll fill them with the power of God. That they would continue to be a leading example. To the bride of Christ in this area. And affect those that are around the world. I pray, Lord, that you'll put a shield about them. Oh God, that the enemy can never break through. But that the Holy Spirit of God will go with them and empower them, Lord, and use them for your glory. Lord, we remember in the Bible there were men like Moses. And then you would use his sons. 
then you would use his brothers, and then you would use his nephews and extended families, Lord, that you would call to serve the people of God. Lord, we see this pattern happen over and over and over again, and I pray that you would bless this family from on high and use them for the glory of God, and may they consecrate their lives to serve you the living God completely and totally in Jesus' name. Restore to them all things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you, sis. Amen. God bless you, brother. us forgive us we appreciate you so much and we thank god for you i wanted to get my family in there to get a good blessing from the lord we got a nice hot meal prepared for you downstairs please no one leave just join us we, we want you to eat with us and enjoy a nice little time of fellowship i heard there are good desserts and things down there there's a homemade uh cheesecake there with uh with brother tim and i's name on it strawberries so we're gonna we're gonna have us a nice feast right now when we leave here so thank God for you I you know brother Hildebrandt dedicated my church in Georgia and then he dedicated a church here on Main Street then brother Bisco when we built the other church up the road he dedicated that but I'm, I'm so thankful for brother Tim to come and to hopefully we don't have to dedicate any more church I'm happy <laughs> I've had the crowds I've had the you know he you know the ministry, how it is, and I'm thankful. I love this little church. Please, hallelujah. I'm satisfied with what God has given us here, and I want to thank Brother Tim from the depths of my heart for coming. We appreciate you. Thank you for the wonderful sermons, amen, that you delivered to us and for coming and dedicating this church for me. And we, we hope that there's not going to be another, and the next time we get dedicated is all of us just leave and go into the rapture. Amen. So praise the Lord. Uh, service will resume here on Wednesday evening at 7. Let's remember uh, to pray about the service. Let's just pray now. We'll close the service and I'll bless the meal. And then you can go on down and get, get in the line and get your plates and such like. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, how we love you so much, Lord. We thank you for all things. Truly, Lord, as Paul says, let all things be done decently and in order. And I feel the order of the Holy Spirit in this church, Father. Not your way or in a sense of restraining you, but in godly fashions, Lord. We felt your presence came in this meeting this morning, last night, this meeting, and all things, and a dedication of the building of our lives especially, our vision, our purpose, Lord. I pray you'll just bless us and go with us. Thank you for Brother Tim. Recoup his strength, Lord. Strengthen his, his body, Lord, his congregation at home, and Brother Timothy was there with him and other ministering brethren, Lord, a congregation of trustees and deacons blessed him, Lord, and strengthen him and reward him, Lord, for his labor of love to us. Go with us now, Lord. Bless us as we go down to have a little time of fellowship. We pray your blessed food sanctified by your word and our prayers as we enjoy the rest of the day together. We thank you, Lord Jesus, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And the church says. Amen and amen. Thank you for spending the day with us. Let's celebrate. Let's have a good time. Get a plate. Fill it high. There's plenty. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. We'll meet you down. Oh, what a mighty God we serve.
serve.